Hello, hi, welcome to another episode of The Chisa Pod. I am your host, Joy Mpande. Thank you so much for tuning in. In commemoration of Africa Month, we chat to Maltai award-winning jazz icon Ntutuzo Makatini about his musical journey as he explores jazz origins with Apple Music. Stay tuned. Uyaz Umzanzi Celebville is filled with flavor. But you know that Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. So firstly, again, I'll say again, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me. We have so much to catch up on since this is actually, I think, our first conversation together. Uh, And I wanted to first start by saying congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, It's truly an honor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to celebrate. Uh, besides, but what what I'm what I'm talking about uh, specifically right now when I when I say congratulations is the fact that you won uh, best jazz album at the Metro's uh, this past weekend at the Metro Film Awards 2023. Yeah, uh, it uh, it is truly an exciting time, mm-hmm. and um, there, there is something to be said about. Um, you know what? What I think of as cosmic alignment, and mm-hmm. and and you know, just like paying attention to time and space, and, and there's a sense in which the connections between these two concepts, you know, really is a thing that uh, underpins my life. So, yeah, I'm I'm just thankful that I could have some kind of sensitivity to the moment. Uh, I want you to actually delve deeper in in this cosmic alignment that you speak of, if you can just expand on that thought as well. Yeah, so um, many years ago, I uh, I was a Christian and um, and uh, I was conflicted because I got a gift as as a sangoma mm. at a very young age, mm. and what that meant was you know, to exercise a level of obedience to my parents who were Christian, mm. this gift had to be ignored for a period. Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, well, needless to say, that is something that I would pick up on later. And it it is something that now informs a greater part of what I do. You know, playing music as part of a... Um, a uh an, an invocation of healing properties in a mm. sense so but what that has been doing for me personally is it has increased the level of consciousness about you know the ways of being that are not limited to myself only but that expands to um uh, to bring in the notion of spirituality in quite an intense way Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that is further uh, assisted by this idea of improvising. And and really the idea of improvising is something that's in, inherent in the jazz practice, but it's also something that teaches us about being in the moment. Yeah. And this being in the moment has a lot to do with like this cosmic alignment I'm speaking about, that there is um a constant 
uh, need or a yearning to to do something as a human being, and it's it's a it's a gravitational pull, but there's another opposing frequency that mm-hmm. uh, allows us to float in a sense. And I think uh, our alignment with time functions deeply within this idea of dissolving and floating and becoming lighter and really be directed by what the cosmos is kind of, you know, dealing with as a frequency. Mm. So I think, um, yeah, those are the things that have been uh, really conceptual to me, but also things that have, constructed a kind of, uh, I don't want to say a religiosity, but a a, a, a relationship to spirituality mm. that I think everything else, which is, you know, I mean, on the one hand, it's an award and people are like, oh man, you know, this is great. On the other hand, I start to think about what are the properties in that album that are coded so while it's it's a beautiful moment of celebration, but I'm thinking as well, it has to do with what's inherent in the sound. And this album in the spirits of Ndu really deals with ancient philosophies of African people. Mm. And for me, while it's celebrating an album, but I see an awakening and insurgence about, you know, things that are partly forgotten, partially forgotten in our consciousness as black people. So, you know, more than it is an album, but I'm happy that people are talking about their own philopraxis, which is this idea of Ndu. Would you say it's 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 your alignment? I mean, you speak about your spiritual journey that has led to, you know, this acknowledgement. I mean, it, beyond the metros, I mean, we know that you have various accolades from Germany and across, you know, the beyond, you know, the borders of, of, of Mzanzi. But do you think, as you spoke earlier, it it is the realignment of your spirituality and acknowledging that that has brought you to this point and is kind of also starting almost like a movement for other people as well to uh, go through that journey as well without any sort of, I don't know, feeling of guilt in any way, as you say that you felt when you were still a Christian? Yeah, I think precisely um, uh, there, there is a sense of um, demonization that came with coloniality. It is uh, it stigmatized heavily uh, African indigenous practices and pushed them mm-hmm. into a kind of peripheral register and i think part of part of dealing with post-coloniality is fetching all of those things mm-hmm. you know and Uglanda, you know uh explains two two ideas Uglanda means to fetch something but on the other hand it means to history something which mm-hmm. is uh, you mm-hmm. know so 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 there is a sense in which um the 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 very notion of being in Africa has to do with an alignment and a, a kind of connection with the past. Mm. Hence, we pay so much attention to Ijozi, which is, you know, uh, a spirit that has transcended the body that has passed. Mm. So, I, I, and I think with the coming of Christianity, the idea of time is really about the future, the coming back of Christ. Mm. Uh, for us, it's about the past, you know, the, the what has been done by our ancestors in terms of like uh, 
giving us some kind of legacy. So uh, I, I think then the album makes all of these interventions in a very subtle way, um, you know, questioning our notion of time, thinking about post-coloniality and the conflicts and uh, of dealing with post-coloniality in a place that has recently received um, independence and democracy and we're struggling even with the very concept of democracy. We're seeing the cracks of a system. So all of these things in the album, I mean, it goes all the way and deals with the maternal energy against mm. heavy catastrophes of like, you know, uh, gender-based violence in this country. I think the first single was Senzenina. Mm. And this mm. idea of Senzenina really uh, questions a question that was asked by many people when the black body was being violated during apartheid and people were mm. saying, what have we done? Mm. And as time unfolds, we realize actually we have not done anything. So there's something terribly wrong with the system. And, and, in, and in recent years, I think it was 2021, during lockdown of 2020, um, I started reading on the socials women saying, you know, singing this song again, Senzeni, but this time, you know, kind of pointing towards the problems of gender-based violence. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, man, how do we as society, as, as men, uh, allow our sisters, our wives, our mothers, our grandmothers, our siblings to our daughters to continuously ask a question when we know that there's nothing wrong that they have done, but there's yes, anything yes. wrong with us. Yes, so yes, that definitely. made me to propose a different articulation. So senze, senze, and then I put a, an apostrophe, nina. And if you look at it from an etymological perspective, senze mm. means to create. Mm. Nina means mother. So, mm -hmm. so I change instead of a question, I, I, yeah. I put a, an exclamation mark that is an urgent need for men to be recreated. And in order to be remade, to be recreated, we need to consult the mother, Unina, the one that gives birth. Yeah. So, you know, those are some of the, you know, when, when we put out an album title, people are thinking, oh man, it's conceptual. You know, it's uh, catchy and all of those things, or a song title. But for me, dealing with the work of Umgoma mm. makes me to be very intentional about all of things as messages that I'm sending through to society. And mostly, most importantly, to myself. Mm, definitely. I mean, of course, I, I do. I do imagine. I mean, from 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 titles to to everything that goes into the making of an album, it's quite well thought out. Um, it's not just you know just a title that comes out of nowhere. Uh, but I, I wanted us to get uh before we get into that because this conversation has already got a little bit deep already. We can hear that we're talking to a lecturer. <laughs> um, I wanted to go back. To <laughs> I don't want to sound like a lecturer. I want to no, sound no, no. like a, a hip jazz artist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, I wanted to first uh, go back to the metros before we even get into everything else because it's quite educational, definitely uh, a conversation that we're supposed to be having. Uh, but I wanted to first understand because I was at the metros, uh, but your brother accepted the award on your behalf. You were not there. Where were you on the night of the ceremony? So I had been on tour for the most part of this year already. Mm. And uh, so the the week that I came back, which was last week uh, on a on a Monday, I had to start uh, in my new job in UKZN. Yes, and yes. Which which meant I was away from home currently in East London. Um, and then on the day that I came back, it was a Friday, day before the awards, mm, and I was okay. just home for the first time in kind of like ages in a mm. way. And uh, so you know. Um, I was like, oh, no, man, I just came back home. I'm not going to leave again. Mm. So I called my younger brother. I was like, man, would you be interested in uh, going to the awards on, on, on our family's behalf? And he was like, yeah, let me do it. Mm. Um, so that that's how it really happened. But it was very interesting. On the one hand, I have very strong family bonds, like, you know, my mother who's also an artist, Noma Jerusalem, mm. if there is any legacy that she's given to us is really that of love and care and family as, mm. as, a, as a framework for thinking and expanding to society. So me and my younger brother are really close, but it also doesn't help that we look alike. <laughs> so... On the day of the the awards, he he. So of course, like people were meeting him for the first time, and like, oh man, we love your music and stuff. And he kept saying, no, I'm not, I'm not Duduzo Makatini, mm. um, um, Dumiso Makatini, yes. uh, Step. So the so then eventually throughout the night he really got tired <laughs> and he started to say, Oh well, thank you, man. If you and and it's so unbelievable on the socials, like yes. people are really yes. congratulating. They don't even notice that it wasn't me. So a lot of people th- thought that I was there. So that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I like the fact that you even speak of the spirit of like family and, and it seems um, even when it comes to your music and, and your career, they're also quite heavily involved as well. Um, I think you mentioned in one of your posts at some point, um, or, or rather in your thank you speech uh, on your social media, where you were saying that your brother was the one who was in charge of the voting campaign. Um, tell me, tell me how, how, um, what kind of campaign did he put together? How you were involved in that? And also another thing is how that's also become a conversation with regards to the summers. Are you happy with the turnout? I mean, of course, you you walked away a winner, but the turnout altogether when it comes to the summers and, you know, the voting systems and some people leaving empty handed. What's your take on that altogether? Oh, man, you know, I, I, I think there's a general sense of community that surrounds any campaign. You know, it's a it's a any campaign really speaks to the depth of or the the, the size of of that community. So, um, I mean, uh, I, I have been really lucky that I come from really great teachers. So I was introduced really well in this music by. Mm. Mambusi Mdongo, 
Bab Zimnawana, Bab Begim Selego, I've worked with uh, Bab Jabu Kanyile, I've worked with Joas Celebration, Lebu Matosa, Black Coffee. And so I think, you know, fundamentally, the, I have a, a big community. Mm. And then uh, with regards to this campaign, this was uh, so, it was so much fun. It, so my mm. younger brother started this WhatsApp group um, with just my siblings, cousins, and just just family, and my mom, mm. my wife. Um, and uh, it was just like um, a, a, a short campaign where he bought airtime for <laughs> for my for 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 everyone in the family yeah. and was monitoring them to vote so so he would be like uh like every three days he would be like screen uh screen what is it called screen grabs or screenshots screenshots yeah so, yeah so people would post those just to to show and he would calculate the votes so he was very meticulous about everything and i was just like Man, this is exciting. On the other hand, there was another group with my in-laws that my wife was running. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was just like um, a beautiful couple of weeks because in between, of course, those screenshots, there are messages about how people are growing and, you know, how how the kids are growing and everything. So mm-hmm. it just really became a beautiful family thing for us you know um and i'm excited but of course like i say i i really want to thank the the community that has been following my work it's just that like you know of course in this moment the family thing was really exciting but i'm not taking away from all the really majority of the votes that came from outside my family you know mm. um so i wanted to get into the fact that i mean you are heavily heavily at the forefront of jazz music in Mzanzi and abroad um, from different angles as well. And I wanted I wanted you to, to take me through your journey because I also want to understand how you ended up being a lecturer, if that was always with also within your plans. Um, take me through that journey. Oh, yes. Um, so first and foremost, thank you for, for your kind words. I, you know... Uh, I think I'm right behind the 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 jazz <laughs> community as opposed to at the forefront. Mm-hmm. But I I understand what you mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I see my function more as that of mentoring people yes. and pushing them to be at the forefront. Yeah. And I, and I think this is uh, exemplary in the awards themselves. Linda is one of Linda Skakane, who was a nominee, is mm-hmm. one of the people's that I've mentored for, I think, like close to 10 years now. Mm. So for, for for me to to be with him as a nominee, it, it just like, it gave me a lot of a, a, encouragement in terms of like the workings of these uh, efforts to push others, you know? Mm. So, so even as a result, like when I, when the vote started, I voted at least five to 10 times just for him and showed him. I was like, man, you know, I'm voting mm. for you. Mm. <laughs> so so I, I think there is a, a part of me that wants to give back um, that has always been with me. And it's fundamentally because I'm a product of my community, of my village. 
And I know how much people have given to me. And I always felt a need to do the same. Mm. Uh, in, in my language, whenever something great happens, you know, you thank the people and you say, so there's a sense in which there has to be a continuity of these blessings. So whatever that people do for you, you must be able to do for others as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so now that brings a different kind of lens to look at the notion of being a lecturer. So I think more than being a lecturer, I'm, I'm a cultural worker. I'm fulfilling the works and the teaching of my culture and, and my, my ancestors. Uh, so since 2005, I've been a lecturer. So I've never taken a break. Mm. I taught at at, at the um at the University Central Johannesburg College. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Central Johannesburg College in 2005. Mm. Then I taught at um Vets University, I think between 2007 to 2011. Mm. Um and then I then I taught at um Forte between 20 14, I think, and 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 this year, beginning of this year, and now I'm currently teaching at UKZN. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I think it's something that's really um inherent in in my vision. And of course, it means in many ways I have to acquire knowledge as well to give some knowledge to yes. my student. Yeah. So which has led to my studies. I think in 2015 I did my master's. And now I just completed my PhD and it's really towards, you know, uh, crystallizing my lens and ensuring that what I give to the next generation is, is really researched in, in some way. And, and, Mm. uh, and, and it's, I make efforts of, uh, you know, to jump around a little bit. I, I always think of the Creo traditions in West Africa. Mm. So a Creo in, in West Africa is someone is a keeper of knowledge. Mm. But part of keeping this knowledge is to go through various rituals where in a way you are quote unquote examined to see how much knowledge you possess with regards to that particular field. And I think if we think about a modern version of a Creo, you know, that's that's really what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. and you now joining uh or returning or let me just say joining uk ZN as a lecturer is almost like a 360 moment can you get into that as well yes it is <laughs> well i'm really excited because um and you know like the universe works in really uh interesting ways mm-hmm. two years ago i wrote and published an academic article that critiqued completely uh that department mm. uh that it it is uh, it creates problems uh in 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 post-colonial times when we think about the politics of formal and informal and how jazz has been taught there mm. so you know not really knowing that i'm gonna be hired there so i'm like oh no they just hired me i just critique the the department so heavily <laughs> But, but I think that's the work of decolonial scholarship in many ways. Yes. Um, but um, this coming full circle for me is really great to be and humbling in many ways that I'm, I'm there kind of um, 
lecturing alongside my teachers who were, these were my first formal music teachers mm-hmm. and uh, yeah just to be going past their offices and seeing their names and and then see my own office and my name and it's like wow man you know i can only be humble you know um and uh, excited to be back in the province my kids go to a boarding school in Peter Marisbeck. So also great to be closer to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Great to be closer to my mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, great to have easy access to flights to see my daughter who lives in Joburg. So I think everything is just like working out. But I mean, it doesn't come without like sadness of leaving such a prestigious university, such as the University of Forte, that has really supported my growth. I mean, when I worked there three years later, they uh, gave me a position as a as a head of department, which I've been doing for several years now. Mm-hmm. But at the time when they said. I must be a head of department. I didn't really know what that entailed. I was like, man, I'm kind of like a not that senior in 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 these things, but mm. I I guess they believed in me. So so you know, it's a place I will never forget. And and I think we pushed the, the frames quite hard as well at Forte. I'm happy with the futures and and what they hold. Yeah. Um. So how does it really work? How did you go from Forte to now? Um, UK's it in did they approach you because you're speaking of them hiring you whilst you critique them so I'm not really imagining that you um, thought you would ever go, step into that space and how did you maneuver stepping on their toes but now being employed by them uh, <laughs> well in academic scholarship like it's kind of expected like a critique yeah. It's not entirely a bad thing. It, yes. it is a way of thinking intensely and critically about knowledge. Yes. Um so so in in a way now whatever that I critiqued I'm going to be questioned as to how I change it when I get mm. there. Mm. <laughs> so so it's kind of fighting back in a way like you know um so but how it worked was um uh, you know, they advertised a position for musicologist, and uh, I was just like, like thinking, "Hey, man, you know, let me just apply." And of yeah. course, then I, when I was on tour last year, they wanted me to do an an, an interview, and I was like, "No, I'm currently on tour." And they said, "Like, on okay, we we'll figure out a Zoom meeting and stuff," which was really crazy because I was like going to a concert and I had to be interviewed kind of backstage before a concert. I was like, oh, this is weird. I don't think I did well. But of course, you know, they accepted, you know, and appointed me as a lecturer. So so it just went the conventional way. An advert is out, you apply, you get interviewed. And you got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What what is a musicologist? What is what is the job of a musicologist? Like what is that? What does that even entail on its own? Um what does it even mean? Yeah. Well, it's it's a problematic term I think now that we in post-coloniality, but fundamentally it it is a is it is a philosophy as suggested by the ology part. It is a philosophical mm-hmm. take on music. Mm. Uh, it deals mm. with the analytical realms of music. It, mm. it it deals with the critical register, but more than anything, 
it formulates a lexicon, a way of dealing with the theories of music. Mm. Fundamentally, it is still very much a Western uh, a Western notion. Uh, in, um, in, 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 in recent histories, uh, people in Africa started to question how this does not entirely speak to a broader spectrum of musicking in Africa that deals with issues of identities, issues of culture, uh, issues, issues of gender, and then a new kind of subfield emerged that was now known as ethnomusicology, mm. which you know deals with the idea of ethnicity and that these studies of music have to do with an understanding of ethnography and, and ethnicity. Um, but also it became problematic in uh, the current studies where we are questioning the very concept of, of, of musicology. So it's a term that other people would deem to be heavily in the colonial paradigm. Mm. Uh, so I think we we part of the the transformation is to look for a new term. Mm. I think I think um, how you somehow um, deal with that or or kind of uh, combat that notion or try and like just look at a at a better way of thinking when it comes to such. I think we see that through your music because I think your music, as 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 I think you've mentioned at some point, that it's inspired by healing. Um, and and rather motivation rather than you know anything that could bring us into some sort of a spat I would say um, so like take me through that as well and how you infuse the two because now you're a lecturer yes but you are also a musician how do you marry the two um, inspiring healing and educating at the same time so thank you thank you again for that you you have the most difficult questions but I'm enjoying the conversation <laughs> okay so. <laughs> so the the bringing together of music, or well, of of um, the academic uh, interventions and those who, which I can call the praxis or the practical aspects of it, uh, is a very natural thing for me. Mm. Uh, in in a sense that even my research modality is what is understood as artistic research. Mm. So artistic research puts forward a notion that the music, the artistic side of it is already critical. It's already proposing uh, uh, particular theoretical frames. It's already anchored in methods. And um, so it's, it's a more radical way or unconventional way of doing research mm. that focuses on the practice not only as something that we look at like you know as in a case of what they call practice uh based research but it's it's also the thing that speaks in itself so uh for me that connection becomes very organic because while I'm on the bandstand and I'm I'm the one that is playing and experiencing mm. my research outlook stems out of that very same level of subjectivity 
that I, I play this music through the body that experiences. And so I cannot separate my subjectiveness uh, as an artist, as an artist, and and my academic pursuit and and my writing and all of that. So for me, it holds together very well. Mm. And I, and I think you also mentioned the aspect of healing. The aspect of healing is inherently a musical thing as well. If you look at the etymology of the word ngoma, which mm. means healing. When you say ngoma, it means to heal, but it also means ritual. It also means to dance. It also means, if you look at like the Basutu cosmology, they they have something called koma, which means truth. It means mm. the drum. It means so. There is a sense in which, in most African languages, there is no separate notion of music, but it's an ensemble of ideas. It's it's a it's a collective definitive idea that brings in healing properties, sounds, prophetic knowledge, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So for me, all of these things hold together really from a praxis of what, or a philopraxis that I call uh, do cosmology. Well, switching gears before I let you go, I would really like to talk to you pretty much all day because I have so many questions. But um, I wanted to talk about the state of the music industry in, two, in, in 2023. Um, and of course, I know you deal with the philosophical, um, spiritual side of things. But you as an artist, of course, can relate on so many ends and especially because you're a lecturer as well and a mentor. Uh, I'm sure you can have something to say with regards to this, but being an artist who has been in the industry for as, for as long as you have and having released, I think, uh, nearly 10 or 10, eight albums. Yes. 10 albums. 11 now. Yeah. 11 now. And uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, you released them with Gundu Entertainment, but at the same time, you're now signed with Blue Note Records. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. You got it. Perfect. What I'm trying to really understand or even depict for, for our listeners and our readers is um, the state of the music industry right now, or the conversation right now, is we have artists who are struggling with record labels and contracts and um, just so just so many things. And with you having so many albums under, you, under your belt, you we've never heard any you know, back and forth or any contractual disagreements that you might have had? How did you manage to escape just the spewing of what the entertainment industry has to give? Well, I think I'm I'm really lucky. Um, I I uh, have a partner. My wife is 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 an incredible artist and, and a, a, an incredible mind. And uh, so when we met, we met as students studying music and uh, we were both at UKZN and and the course was really diverse because it 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 gave us um music business uh uh modules as well mm. which i'm really grateful for together with uh, music technology modules so we were really equipped i guess i mean of course you can see manifestations of that with people like Ngube Gombata, with Jazz Celebration, Black mm. Coffee, Monty, Zex Bantwin, we were all we were all in the same school studying music. Mm. And you can see how they're dealing with their business is of course informed by what we got from that particular course. Mm. So so when me and my wife wanted to uh come into the 
kind of quote-unquote music industry, we decided that we had to set up a structure. And so Gundu basically is my name and has put together, has been Gugu when, mm. when you shorten it. So we took the GU and mine being Duduzo and the NDU. So that's what Gundu is. Mm. Um, and Gundu was really a legacy project. It was to think about issues of copyright and ownership. Mm. And 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 uh, intellectual property is really the key business. Mm. And and but one might ask, why did you then release seven albums, maybe with Gundu and the rest with Blue Notes? Why did you go back to a major record company? Yes. And 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 the reason for that was because Blue Note Records uh, holds at least 70% of the jazz archive that's ever recorded. One of the biggest record jazz record labels in the world. And when they approached me, I thought of two things. It, it was an opportunity for us to introduce a heavily huge archive that lives in these hidden years in South Africa due to the politics of the archive, mm-hmm. how the SAPC, how you know the archive in South Africa was part of the colonial agenda. And mm. um, so coming to the problems of contracts and 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 I, I I think that one way to aid those problems is to really think critically about contracts. And and of course, I would say to have a lawyer, but of course, many people can't afford lawyers. Mm. If you're starting out as a musician, you, you don't have a lawyer. But there is so much information online now about intellectual property so i would really urge every musician to go out there and just type in that word intellectual property and slash music business you'll be amazed about how you can empower yourself just on on the internet and Mm -hmm. even they have samples of contracts they have they deal with problems of contracts things to look out for you know so I think because most people just get into the music, uh, particularly with popular musics, people just like you buy a laptop, you create the biggest song and the next thing you are the most popular artist in South Africa. So, you know, unlike, for instance, in our case where you go study for four years and and be in Joburg for another 10 years before anyone knows who you are. Mm. <laughs> so... So I think there is an agency there for for younger musicians that are just talented and they can make a song in a minute to Mm -hmm. equally empower themselves with intellectual property uh, ideologies. Yes. And you, uh, well, in in, in the case of um, getting a lump sum from a record label, would you advise against that? Have you ever taken maybe like a lump sum amount from? I mean, that's that's also what also can trap an artist, isn't it? Yeah, that's confidential. But luckily, I've never <laughs> taken any, any any money from any record label. But uh, perfect. I, I, I would say just remember that it's a loan. Remember that you pay it back. Mm. Yeah. So so they have to recoup it in the process somewhere Mm. so so for instance if they sell a record and you get 10 rands from it if you took millions and you have an agreement that they take from that 10 rands they're going to take nine rands so in a long run you realize that you could have just actually opted for not taking it 
and and just enjoy your your royalties more right yeah but, but people just want to um have a life that looks the part oh, and yes. the challenge with a life that looks the part is then when you pay that money back then you can't sustain it which is has created a lot of traumas for a lot of artists and 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 you know um it's something that we have to speak about as art, artists as well our mental well-being and this idea of looking and living the part uh as opposed to an organic process of building and acquiring everything that you have in a very organic way and you know part of it is the pressures from you know you guys, the media and everything, what car hey, you drive, and those what? questions. <laughs> yeah, it's from the media, it's from the audiences, what car you driving? And I'm so glad you're not asking me those questions. No, no, no. <laughs> if anything, I probably already know that, but it's besides <laughs> the point. Just real quick before I let you go. <laughs> um just what what's in the what's in the pipeline for Duduzo Makatini? You've won several accolades. We see you touring. What can your fans expect from you from henceforth? Oh man, you know, I'm I'm very bad with projecting, but mm. hey, I'm excited. I'm 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 I just came back from tour with uh, Hamilton de Hollanda, mm. who's a Brazilian uh mandolin player who are exploring incredible music of what we call the global south. And what makes the global south become invi- become visible, and now I'm going on tour to start composing music for my next project, which I call Ubizo, which really deals with this idea of a calling. Mm. It's a trio project that features a Cuban drummer, one of the best in the world. His name is Francisco Mella, and features a bass player, an American bass player with a father from South Africa. His name is Zoelake Dumapel Lapier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited to come into Europe. And if you are anywhere in Europe, you can catch us in a few weeks. I'll be there. Well, in next week, actually, I'm touring. And uh, in June, I tour the US. Uh, I tour Asia. I Yeah, I'm touring the entire year. So very exciting time ahead. And also I'm trying to push this incredible artist here at home, Omar Gugu, to release her next album. Uh, so you could look out for that as well. Yeah. And my mom has an album out. So all of this is exciting for me. Love that. Look forward to that family affair. Um, and to, I, I wish we actually had more time because then we can talk more about spirituality, but I think we can revisit the conversation once you launch that project. But again, as I mentioned, I was trying not to take too much of your time. I don't know how we got to talking for this long, but I really enjoyed the conversation. Quite insightful speaking on your journey, but I think also artists, um, or, you know, who have a jazz influence or just artists in general are aspiring coming up already in, in the industry can have something to take away from this conversation so thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me and congratulations on everything that's happening in your life and in your music right now and my record label told me to never to not forget to mention that i have a an Africa Day Apple playlist on yes. Apple Music that people can go check out. It just really locates where this music comes from, the origins of this music. So go check out, check it out. It's called Origins, um, and uh, it's on uh, Apple Music, and it features Miriam Makeba, Babu Huma Segela, 
and a lot of really great musicians even in West Africa, Umusangare and many others. Lovely. We paid the bill. We paid the bill. <laughs> Look forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great one. Thank you so much. Magwand, Togos. <laughs> <laughs>